You might hear traditional marketing described as interruption marketing. An advert stopping you from watching your favourite TV show is an example of this. But you don't have to shout at your customers, interrupt them or get on their nerves to engage with them. What if marketing could be about education, entertainment, fun and help? In this episode, I talk to Chris Marr about content marketing, and he describes the principles of content marketing just like that. Education, entertainment, fun, and help. Listen to Chris expand on these principles and how it could work for your business. Hear how you could create content cost effectively, engage potential clients, and have them come and find you. That's all right here in episode 80 of the Marketing, Protection, and Finance podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. Welcome, folks, to the Empath Podcast, episode number 80. Yep, episode number 80. Thank you, everyone, for streaming and downloading so many shows and plugging me and my guests into your ears. Next week will be the second anniversary of the day I decided to start the Empath Podcast. Up until then, I'd experimented with a fitness podcast called Group Fitness Over Coffee, which I still occasionally put out, by the way, to learn the podcasting ropes, and I was convinced that there was space for a podcast for financial services professionals covering marketing topics and looking at financial services products. Two years ago, I was giving a keynote speech and hosting the prestigious Life Search Awards in London. In the pub afterwards, I floated the idea of the Empath podcast past a few well-known industry people, and everyone was very positive and encouraged me to go ahead with it. The rest is history, and I've enjoyed bringing the podcast to you almost every week as a result. Now that milestone of the 100th edition feels tantalisingly close, so thanks for all your great feedback and comments. I'm confident we'll get to number 100, and you'll hear some great interviews from some great guests between now and then. Whilst 100 is close, 80 still feels like a number to be proud of, and I'm delighted that my guest on this episode is Chris Marr. I've followed Chris on social media for a while now, really like his work, and really like his passion for content marketing. And as you know, much of the work that I do with my own clients these days is content marketing, so I share Chris's passions. And I'm looking forward to going to his conference in the summer. More about that later. So I'm really excited about this interview. So, Chris Marr is a content marketer, a blogger, and a podcaster. He helps businesses in and around Fife in Scotland to embrace content marketing principles and improve their communication. Chris is also the founder of the Content Marketing Academy, Scotland's first and only annual content marketing conference, and he's also the host of the Content Marketing Academy podcast, both of which are great examples of Chris's commitment to promoting marketing and to guiding business owners. So let's get to that great interview with Chris right here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. And so, Chris, welcome to the Empath podcast. 
Thanks very much for inviting me along, Roger. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank uh, you. How are you tonight? I'm very well, thanks. Yes, uh, full of energy for the show tonight. I think I'm just uh, pulling my last piece of energy in for tonight until I get to go home and relax. Full of energy, full of caffeine. Chris, where, yeah. are, we, where, where are we Skyping each other from? We're actually quite close by, aren't we? Fully caffeinated from Fife. <laughs> Chris, we're going to talk about content marketing today. We're going to talk about it from the point of view of financial services professionals and before we get to that, maybe just give me and the, the listeners a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, where you're going, what your ambitions are, and basically what makes Chris Marr tick. Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, thanks very much for the opportunity to talk about myself legitimately. Um, I think that the best place to start really is uh, I'm 34 years old. I live in Fife. I uh, live in Leven in Fife, if you're familiar with the area. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've just had a young a baby is four weeks old, five weeks old tomorrow. So life is pretty erratic at the moment. Um, Very sleepless but, as well. <laughs> uh, sleep deprivation is definitely up there. Um, and I think that it's probably worth going back to about five years ago, about 2010, where I wrote my first blog article, completely inspired by a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. And at the time, he was all about this personal branding thing. I was currently working for another organization at the time. And I was trying to, I was getting really interested in social media because social media all started coming into its own about 2007, 2008. 2009, 2010, it really started getting business focused and maturing a little bit as well. And all of that stuff, I think I was just at the right place at the right time, maybe even the right age, just really sort of like pulling all of that stuff in together. And I started helping businesses out in my spare time, you know, in the evenings and at the weekends. And I just got really interested in this new media, this new way of communicating with people, this whole sharing value and education and blogs and videos and podcasts and all that kind of stuff um, and reading the books and following the thought leaders and things like that. So even though my position wasn't marketing at the time, I was in management. Um, I was very much interested in what was going on in the world as far as marketing was concerned. And this whole passion or drive or motivation or this just this this general interest in what was going on um, just kind of gave me the passion that I needed and the drive I needed to read the books and to kind of explore different things and try different things out. So, uh, you know, fast forward a few years, I went to university late on in my late 20s, did business at St. Andrews, and then I started my own business in 2013 and it started off as a sort of general marketing company helping small businesses to improve their marketing and then over that period of time a lot changed like the rapid change within the first year in business was incredible we changed our name we changed our direction we changed our focus we changed everything that we were about to focus primarily and specifically on content marketing to help businesses and organizations to improve the way that they communicate um, and the reason for all of that is because you know, for 40 or 50 years or so, businesses have kind of just got away with basically shouting at people in their marketing instead of really trying to help and add value. So we're kind of coming at this from a different angle and to be on, and, you know, based on what we know now, there's not a lot of people kind of preaching this or kind of teaching this stuff in the UK at the moment. So hopefully what will happen is that people grab this different way of communication and the social media and the content marketing stuff and then run with it. That's my hope anyway. And getting onto podcasts like yours, Roger, and it's a good opportunity to get my philosophy out there. Yeah, and, and you're obviously incredibly passionate about this, Chris. We probably share quite a few uh, um, passions. We share quite a few views. And also, I think I've graduated from the same school of Gary Vaynerchuk that you have. Other people like Marcus Sheridan, Ryan Hanley, Michael Stelzner, Americans who have probably been doing this for five years more than we have. I, as you know, work 
worked in the financial services industry in fairly senior marketing positions in, in big corporates. And one of the reasons that I left big corporate to set up my own business was this feeling that, yes, we shouldn't be shouting at customers anymore. And that's what a lot of financial services companies, unfortunately, still do. They are the classic interruption marketers. And what you're proposing and what what I uh, subscribe to fully as well is a different way of going about it content marketing which is much more about engaging the customer and giving them something that they'll actually look for as opposed to having their tv interrupted or what's your definition chris of content marketing it's interesting uh, there's been a few episodes of the podcast where we have spoken about content marketing and i always ask that question just to see what the uh, the different nuances are from my various guests yeah i think that's much the same if i know they've interviewed ryan hanley before right yeah 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 so kind of the same kind of aspects in there and it's funny that you mention i'll talk around what you've talked about interruption marketing mm. is a good way to start because that's what we've been used to is people interrupting us radio ads newspaper ads tv ads all that kind of stuff even the way that organizations are treating social media now and businesses they're they're going to social media and just basically shouting there so they're taking the same the same approach to which is a, to a completely different medium right and uh, with social media and content marketing and all that kind of stuff consumer behavior has changed right dramatically they don't want this anymore they don't want to be interrupted in fact Content marketing is the exact opposite of interruption marketing. It's about creating marketing that people are actually trying to find. They're seeking to find it. You know, they're typing it into Google, a question, a problem, and they're actually looking for a piece of content that an organization has created to help the consumer make an educated buying decision. That's that's content marketing. That's what it's all about. It's about looking at the demand, what um, consumers are actually looking for, and creating it. So it's, non, it's non-interruption in the way that it's the op- exact opposite of that. It's like flipping it on its head, basically. Um, and it is, it is, you know, at the heart of all of that, the philosophy at the heart of content marketing is your ability to communicate without selling. That's that's a core of it for me anyway. The ability to to write a piece of content, to create a video, to create a podcast, um, where you're not selling anything. You're educating, you're teaching, you're adding value, you're solving problems, you're answering questions. In general, someone should read your blog or listen to your podcast and at the end of it be educated or more educated about whatever topic it is or um, whatever service or product it is that they're looking for to go on then and make that buying decision. So it's a completely different philosophy. You've got to be able to do it. Content marketing is sales, but it's a, done in a way that isn't selling your product. And in some cases, actually, the best content that organizations create has absolutely nothing to do with their products mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's about helping people in their day-to-day lives. And I think that a lot of a lot of um, organizations are really, f-ers, you know, instead of trying to build an audience. And that kind of stops them from thinking further about their marketing you know they're kind of trying to sell all the time and they should be actually trying to help it's the difference between helping and selling content marketing is the difference between telling and showing as well you know Mm -hmm. instead of telling people what you do how about you show them what you do show them your your uh you know user generated content where your product or your service has been consumed by people or um you know showcase what you do instead of telling people and i think that that's a subtle but distinct difference between content marketing and what traditional marketing is so that's kind of like a flavor of what i feel content marketing is all about it's about engagement entertainment it's maybe even about having fun um 
you know, dare I say it, it's maybe about creating an emotional connection with people. So you can build that relationship up, build the trust. That's that's a massive part of it. And we're talking about the financial industry where trust is like a, a big glowing neon sign. <laughs> you know, it needs that needs to be there for people. They're going to, when they're seeking financial advice, they're going to share information with you that perhaps they've never shared with anyone ever. And trust is a massive factor and just any business service, you know, across the board, people want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. How many times have we heard that cliche, you know? So I think content marketing is the only way to market your business today. Education, entertainment, fun. Those are great words and, and words that you probably wouldn't use to describe the financial services industry, if truth be told. The other important thing, I think what you're saying, Chris, as well, is that the customer, the client is effectively in control of this as well. So traditional interruption marketing, you're watching Downton Abbey or, or you're watching The X Factor or whatever it is on television. You sat there, you get to a good bit, all of a sudden, bang, they throw an advert in front of you. Now, okay, these days, of course, you've, you've, you've got time shift on your um, TV. You can sh- zip through the adverts. I always do. I don't even know why people bother with TV advertising these days. But some people will sit there and they will watch it and they might get quite grumpy because they want to see Downton Abbey or, or the X Factor or whatever it is. But with content marketing, it's like me thinking, I need to work out how to write a podcast or I need to work out whether I can um, build a swimming pool in my back garden or I need to work out how to change the carburetor on my car. I'll go to Google, I'll search for that, and here's an article by Chris Marr on how to run a podcast, or here's an article by Marcus Sheridan on how to put a swimming pool in your back garden, etc., etc. I consume that content, I feel good about that person who's put that content together, and I'm probably more likely to do business with that person because I feel I've created a, a relationship that's been created with me because they've helped answer a question that I had. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a there's you touched a couple of great points here, which is that consumer behaviour has changed. You know, when at home and you you've got a question or a problem, what's the first thing you do? You type it into Google, or you'll ask your friends on Facebook, or you might tweet it out. You do something. The last thing you do is pick up the phone and speak to a salesperson about it. Now, yeah. you know, you're not doing that anymore. So salespeople, you know, the sales sales has changed. The, the place where the sales purchase the, the the sales conversation takes place has completely changed we know it to be the zero moment of truth 70 percent of the, the buying decision is made online before first contact and what that tells us is two things one is that if we're not creating content that answers questions and solves problems before people know who we are never heard of your business before and don't know that they need a product or a service for their problem right way before any of that happens they're going to be searching google for like how do i where do i what's the difference between how much does it cost for you know how do i solve this problem and you as an organization need to be creating this content to serve that audience when they're when they don't know who you are and they don't know that they need your service or product right that's the trick what most people do are forgetting about all of that and trying to, to trying to create content for customers or you know, they're trying to get customers all the time instead of trying to capture this audience that are in this awareness stage. So we need to bring all of those people in. But when someone does contact your business for the first time nowadays, you can be fairly confident that they've done some research because that's what we do. We want to be educated buying uh, consumers. We want to be educated. We want to know what we're doing. And I think that that's a massive shift in what used to be salespeople used to know everything. And now consumers are far more educated. So a good example of that would be like buying a television, right? So what do you do? You know, do you buy it online or do you buy it out of the shop? In most cases, people will do all the research online, the exact model they want, 
and then walk into Curry's and pick it up off the mm-hmm. shelf, mm-hmm. you know, because they want it now. Mm-hmm. Or they want to go in and touch it or something like that. But they know. They don't need to go into Curry's for a sales guy to tell them all the features and the benefits and all the rest of it. They know exactly what they want and they will go and get it for the best price or from the best, most convenient location. And that's what's happening now. The sales, this whole knowledge shift is is interesting. And I think that as organizations, we need to appreciate that, that we can find pretty much everything that we want to know about something online now. And it's up to us to be there for that person. If you're not there, you're losing customers that you never even knew that you had the chance to get. And that's just facts, you know, that's just what's happening. So I think there's a big call for people in the financial industry. I know that um, that there's a, there's regulations there and I don't want to underplay that at all, but it's a, you've got to find out how to play within the rules, how you can play in the content space within the rules to attract an audience that you aren't currently attracting to help to, f- to add value, to build trust so that you can become the go-to organization, you know, instead of being just a, a, simply a choice in the marketplace, you can turn into becoming the choice in the marketplace through providing valuable content. I think you're right. And yeah, the financial services industry is very he- heavily regulated, but I do think that sometimes the regulation is probably used as a bit of an excuse rather than somebody sitting down saying, we really need to do this. How can we make sure that we are compliant and get on and do it rather than just saying, oh, we couldn't possibly do that because of the compliance rules. And I think that's an important distinction. So, Chris, you set up Content Marketing Academy. That's your that's your business. You're in the business of helping people to do content marketing, to educate them about how to do content marketing. You also run the Content Marketing Academy conference, and that's coming up this June, June the 2nd and 3rd, I think, in Edinburgh. And I'm delighted to be coming along to that. And I'll let you talk about that in a little while. But maybe give me a flavor for the sort of things that you could do for a financial advisor customer who might come to the Content Marketing Academy and say, Chris, I'm bought into this idea of content marketing. I'm a financial planner. I I talk about investments. I talk about wealth management. I might talk about protection insurance. But effectively, the website that I've got is just brochureware. It gives my name and address. It's got a picture of my office on the high street and very little else. What would be the process that you would take that financial planner through and help them create a content marketing strategy? Okay, that's a good question. It's a big question, but it's a good question. I think that the first thing is to is education massively. I mean, that's why we have the conference. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're on this podcast is to help to teach people about the principles of it, give them the motivation or the inspiration or the drive to at least investigate it further. So the first thing is someone says, I'm interested in this thing. We need to do a bit of education. You know, Um, that might be a workshop or um, some sort of strategy session just to kind of figure out exactly what this means for this person. Because the one thing that really is that the sort of core of uh, of a content marketing strategy or plan or culture within the organization is the approach, is the philosophy, the mindset. And it's so that it's trying to get that set so that when you do any type of marketing, it's coming from the same philosophy. And I think it's really important to try and establish what that is from whether it's a one-man you know, IFA or if it's part of a larger organization. So it's really trying to establish like what are you trying to achieve with this? What's the purpose? And the key thing obviously is to get them to focus on their audience and try to deliver value and try to create that culture so that it always is, everyone's driving from the same approach. And I think that's really, I think that's really, really important. Otherwise I get very lost. Like, why are we doing this? You know, you make six months down the line of like, 
why have I written a blog about yeah. this topic that's got nothing to do? And it's like, it's just everybody understanding this thing. So education's big. And then after that is trying to establish, well, you know, out of all the products and services we could talk about, um, after, you know, all the market segments and audiences we could, we could communicate with, what are we going to create? So there's like a series of questions we'd ask there. It's like, why are we doing this? Why should anybody care? Who are we trying to communicate with? What medium are we going to use to communicate with people? What transition is in there for the audience? So what are they going to learn? You know, before they read the article, after they read the article, before they listen to the podcast, after they listen to the podcast, what's the transition for them? How are we going to do it? And who is going to do it? You know, so it's trying, there's like five or six questions there, the who, the where, the what, the when, the why, and the how. So six questions, really. Uh, it's trying to figure out you know, just get a plan. Basically, we're talking about a bit of a plan here um, and the bones of a strategy. So that's a really important part of this as well is to sort of like work out not only what we're trying to do in the mission statement, you could call it, but actually establish like the bones of a plan um, because there's a few challenges when it comes to content marketing, regardless of who you're working for. And it's usually things like fear, mm -hmm. you know, fear of fear of publishing content. What if somebody reads it and thinks it's rubbish? What if someone steals it? What if I, I break the rules? You know, what if, um, you know, compliance issues, um, fear of actually learning how to publish a blog or record a podcast or record a video and record <laughs> fear of being in front of a video camera, stuff like that. There's lots of fear wrapped up in all of this stuff because it's, relatively new to most people, technical complexities or perceived complexities, fear, complacency is another one as well, where we find that people just aren't willing to learn. You know, they're, they're kind of a lot of excuses in there. They just, they've got head in the sand, basically. Um, and the other one is, and I think this is a really important one to, to sort of mention, is that the, another reason why people don't sort of take it that to the step or to the stages that they need to take it to is because they just don't see the value. Mm -hmm. And the unfortunate thing with content marketing is that you're not going to see the value until you do it. No. So you kind of have to believe that it works or see that it works or have. That's why the philosophy is important. This core drive or motivation to get instill that buy in it is what it's traditionally called, I guess, in business is getting mm -hmm. bought into it first and then let's make it happen kind of thing. And you need that drive and you need to be focused on giving, you know, helping rather than selling. It's really important. And you need people to do that sort of like selflessly almost. And I think that trying to get a, you know, an IFA or a financial advisor or a team of people is getting them into that mindset of thinking like that. That's the most important part. If you can't do that, there's no point in even looking at the rest of it. You have to do that first. Get the plan. And then try and get some quick quick wins in that in there as well. So perhaps that might be looking at a series of blog articles to be written and published very quickly. Um, a big part of this as well, actually, Roger, is to there's a whole process in here. But you know, you've got to have a website. You know, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to say that as if like, well, everyone's got a website, haven't they? And the fact is that they don't yet. You know, we're 20 years on into the internet, and yet some people are struggling with websites. So. Um, you've got to have a website, you've got to have something flexible, a content management system, something that you can work with to publish your content on a platform effectively is what I'm talking about. Um, whether you're going to pu publish blogs, videos or podcasts, you need to have somewhere to publish that in, your, around, in or around your brand. So, you know, having a website is really important. We would, a big part of that would be looking at that website and making sure that it's, you know, that it's going to work with your content strategy or your content plan. That's really important too. So there's a lot in there. And I think once you start, you know, a, a lot of people say to me, you know, you know, what have we run out of things to talk about or everything's been said or I haven't got anything to say or why would someone read our content? 
And, you know, once you get started on that journey of idea generation, you, there's no going back. You, you, you don't run out of ideas. You, if you're doing the right things, if you're listening to your customers' problems and questions, you, you just don't run out of ideas. Um, and uh, you need to have confidence in yourself that people do want to hear from you. They do want to learn from you. Um, and also confidence that it does actually work. And there's lots and lots of case studies out there to prove that it does and in course, multiple different industries. And of course, every question that your customer asks you could be a blog, it could be a video, it could be a, a podcast. And people never stop asking questions. And therefore, as you, as you say, the ideas for content will never run out. I think one of the other things that people are probably frightened of as well, Chris, is probably they think this is going to cost them an absolute fortune. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's an investment in in um, time, there's going to be an investment in technology, but things have changed so much. I, I always tell this little story, but it's worth listening to again, is that I can remember 10 years ago, one of the most successful pieces of marketing I was ever involved with was actually a DVD of a, of a, of a story about a customer. And that DVD involved a film crew, you know, full lighting rig, all that stuff that you can now pick off, up off the internet for 60, 70 quid. The actual production of the DVD itself, the actual video, probably cost about £50,000. Then it was put together into a lovely glossy marketing package, and that was mailed out to 50,000 different um, people in the UK. I think the actual cost of that whole campaign was probably about 120 grand. Now today, technically, you could do the filming on your iPhone 6S, which is what I do my videos on. You could upload it to YouTube so you wouldn't need to actually physically mail out a DVD. And instead of physically mailing it postage, paper post, you would send it out to your email list. So I don't know, 120 grand has now shrunk down to a reasonable figure. Might be a couple of thousand pounds. And I think that people still think that marketing is about those six-figure sums. And I think that Mm. the digital technology that we've got today allows anybody, the one-man financial planner on the high street, to a a company with 30 or 40 employees, there will be something that they can do within a budget that's affordable, which means that they can make a difference. You know, I think that money, when it comes to money, you're totally right. There's a lot of things in there, but... Having a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to be great at marketing. No. You can throw £100,000 at something and think you're doing a great job. Yeah. It's never really about the money. It's the idea. It's the approach. You know, it's how you, it's, you know, it ain't what you do. It's the way that you do it. That's, <laughs> that's more important than anything else. And I think that, um, I think people, a lot of people get lost with that. Content marketing doesn't have to cost you any money. In fact, some of the best case studies, Neil Patel, um, Dan Norris, who have built a million dollar companies, using content marketing, the reason that they started their blog in the first place was because it was free mm-hmm. and it's free to do. It doesn't cost you any, you don't, have, you don't have to pay out any cash to start a blog, but what you will have to do is spend your time and effort mm. and have some patience to actually do it. That's not, that is money, time is money, but it's not cash. You're not having to spend anything to do it. So yeah, you're, you're right. Um, in that a lot of people think by spending money they, they can replace money with effort mm. but when it comes to content and when it comes to marketing today efforts actually what pays mm. the ideas the ideas have to be there and it's the effort that you put in that usually is that is where the ROI comes in from you know uh, and I think that's important to say that and that you don't need a lot of money to 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 communicate today you, like you said blogging's free podcasting is relatively free i mean if you've got a smartphone today you can pretty much do anything you want to especially if you've got an iphone 6s you're kind of like you could do your podcast mm-hmm. on your iphone you can do your video on your iphone you could write your blogs on your iphone if you wanted to and publish them you're kind of 
you know that's not again when it comes to money it, it can be used as an excuse but actually it can be it could be detrimental actually if you've got a lot of money i've seen people waste money yes, with money that's very so true. actually it's really more about the effort that you're applying to it and really i think it's it's all about really understanding your customer and understanding your audience and what you need to do to help them have a better life you know um, regardless of what industry you're in how can you help them build a better business which obviously impacts their life they're people at the end of the day and i think you just need to communicate with them as if they are people and i think that's a i think that's a better way to do business let's just talk a little bit about the conference then chris um you uh, this will be the third year you've run it this is the third conference yes yeah uh-huh and it's the content marketing academy conference and you've got some fairly heavy hitting people attending this conference, um, Amy Schmidtauer and uh, Mark Schaefer from the United States, uh, a name which will be incredibly um, well known to everybody in the financial services industry, of course, Pete Matthew, who I suppose is the archetypal financial services and content marketer. He started on a cliff top down south with his iPhone, an older version of an iPhone, of course, answering people's questions about financial services and he's built up a business and he's built up a, a, a content marketing platform and was recently awarded UK podcaster of the year and that just goes to show what you can do by putting in the effort putting in the time putting in the the the, uh, the legwork and the ambition so with people like that at the conference uh, Chris it sounds like it's something that is a really must attend event yeah the conference really at the core of the conference is really about trying to create a marketing conference for business people as opposed to marketing conference for marketers mm-hmm. we attract we do attract marketers and that's fine because they will get value from it but really the primary aim was to to attract business people who want to be better marketers for their business you know the best entrepreneurs in the world are great marketers they just are and they might have had it in their dna or whatever but there's a lot of people out there that don't have it in their dna and like we already talked about education is a big part of that and the other thing that was really important to me was as well is to get speakers that have a content marketing journey they built their business around content marketing Anne handley amy schmitter mark schaefer Pete Matthew, every single, we've got 10 speakers, all 10 of them have had success in content marketing, which is which is that transparency that we're looking for. You're not going to get someone coming up onto stage preaching, you, preaching to you about something that they've never even done themselves. And that's really important. That was really important to me. Mm. And I felt like it was probably a very important aspect to have within the conference as well. Pete Matthew, I mean, you mentioned them. He's your case study for financial industry. You know, uh, there's not a huge amount of competition in Pete's industry with what he's doing. You know, he's got one of the best podcasts in the UK. And if you go into iTunes just now, he's very regularly in the top three or four or five most popular podcasts in the business category, which is one of the most competitive, mm-hmm. uh, one of the most competitive uh, what's the word, categories within yeah. iTunes. So Pete's doing something right. Um, and if you ever, ever listen to Pete speak, he will tell you this himself. He just helps. That's it. He takes a question, takes a problem and says, well, I know them. I know the answer to this. And instead of holding it close to my chest, wait until someone pays me for it, I'm just going to give it all away. Um, and that's what he does. And he's done it for five years, five or six years now through video, podcast, blogging, all the rest of it. And he's massively invested in his content marketing. You know, he's investing a huge amount of his time every week, 10 hours a week roughly, on his content marketing efforts because he knows it works. It brings him business. So this content marketing thing, you know, like we've talked about before, it's difficult to know, it's difficult to know that it works 
when you've never had value from it. But when you hear, when you come to a conference like ours, like last year had a massive impact, people just went away like just just buzzing for from like the environment they're in, the community that we've built around it and just got massively excited about their business. And I think that's what content marketing does for business, pe- business people. It not only gets them excited, but it also puts the fun back into business again because business can be a bit of a drudgery sometimes. Yeah. You have lows and the highs. But, you know, if you're having a bad day, what's the best thing you can do is to go help someone, write a blog article, create a video um, and get yourself out there and show people what you can do. And I think that content marketing really is the not only is it the only way left to market your business, but it's just exciting and it's new or it feels new. I know it isn't new. The, the, the concept isn't new. But for most people, they just haven't done this. They haven't explored this form of communication, this way to communicate and it just gets people really excited. So I'm looking forward to the conference, obviously. But uh, <laughs> I know that I know that other people are massively excited about it as well. And having people like Mark Schaefer and Anne Handley and Pete Matthew and just the you know the, some of the players in the world that are doing some great stuff, having them all come to Scotland is like a, it feels like a luxury actually um, because we don't we don't get this normally in Scotland. This is something that should be in London typically. No, so, let's keep it in Scotland for once. Yeah, let's keep it in that, Scotland. So, <laughs> This is uh this is this is very much a luxury I feel that we're doing. We're taking it. I mean, we're taking a lot of risk putting this together. It was it started off as a as a concept. I think we sold twenty six tickets in our first year, uh, in two thousand and fourteen. And it started off the concept was just to. I just knew that we had to educate more people about content marketing. You know that was it. And I thought, well, how can we do that? Let's look at who we know. And we have Mark Marcus Sheridan and you know Kate McQuillan and all these people that are doing some great stuff with content. They're just building big businesses. I mean, it, it, once you hear from these people, you'll just see you just see that it works. And there's there's no, once you get it, there's no going back. We come back to those four great words: education, entertainment, fun, and help. Those are the four key words to me that encompass content marketing. Chris, tonight you've fired me up with passion again. I hope you fired up the audience of the Empath Podcast with passion again. So before we go, Chris, I always like to finish the podcast off with a quick fire round of business questions. So what would be the one thing as a customer that you would change about the financial services industry if someone gave you a magic wand to wave? Oh, I would say that my, (laughs) that's a really good question. you know what I've struggled with as a customer in the past is just not easy enough. It's very complicated and I've never really I've never really got to the point where I've found someone that I can really trust. I think that's a big big part for me is just to kind of have someone that you can just go speak to about your financial woes um, and I think just to make it easy for people. Lots of form filling. I'm, oh, just, it feels clunky. Trust is an absolutely huge one. What's the one business model, or it could be a product, or it could be a marketing campaign that's really caught your attention in the last year? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. The one thing that's really caught my attention in the last year as a product, um, and I'm a customer of this product as well, is something called Slack. Um, I think they've transformed team communication. Uh, it's something that has been needed massively within 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 the business within the business world. I mean, we've been used to email a lot of the time, but I think it's not so much the business model, which is interesting because it's a subscription-based model, which I think I think I find all of that interesting anyway. But the actual product, it's called Slack. If you've not checked it out, definitely do that. And I I think that's changing the way that we communicate internally and with our clients as well. Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your working life. And I guess that Slack could also be the answer to that question as well. Yeah, the the thing that's really changed my business, I think, is 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 the smartphone. And I know that that sounds a bit sort of like 
it's a bit a bit big but really to be honest with you my the iPhone has just changed the way that I do things entirely video the social snapchat periscope live broadcasting all of that stuff is just right in my hand and i think the power and the opportunity that's there is just is just massive so not just an app but the apps within the iphone and the fact that the iphone is not just a phone anymore but the ability to just get your message out there so quickly and easily i think it's a game changer having a having a really good smartphone is a game changer and what's the best business book you've ever read tell us what you liked about it and what you took from it Okay, that one's easy for me. The best business book that I've ever read, and it's probably more relevant in the last two years, is a book called The One Thing. And the reason I liked it so much is because it gets you primarily fo- primarily focused on the one thing that's going to make your life easier, your business better. And it just drew, it just completely, it got me completely focused on what it was that I wanted to do with my life. So The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, a fantastic book and completely dispelled myths that things that we've been taught for years and years and years about time management and, uh, and just stuff that you take for granted. Completely opposite. Brilliant book. Fantastic. Chris, I'm hoping that there's going to be a lot of people who have been listening to the podcast today are going to want to get in touch with you for two reasons. First of all, you might be able to help them with their own content marketing. Secondly, Maybe they'd like to come to this great conference that you're running in June. So what's the best way that people should get in touch with you? Yeah, I'd love it if people get in touch. And I think the best thing to do is if you've got a question or anything you want to ask me, reference what we've talked about tonight, is just to grab me on Twitter at chrismar 101 Or you can drop me a line on the website, which is just TCMA2016 or TCMA2016.co.uk. And that's the conference website and all the information is there as well. But the best place is Twitter at chrismar 101 That's great, and I'll include those links in the show notes for the podcast, as always, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight. Thanks for all your enthusiasm. Thanks for all your ideas. Thanks very much for coming on board. Let's get together and have a proper coffee face-to-face at some point. But if we don't do that before June, I look forward to seeing you at the conference. Yep. Thanks very much for having me on your show, Roger. I really appreciate it. It's a great honour for me to be here and uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You can be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.